Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 115-112 loss to the Utah Jazz, Riker. Another L in the column. I, I can't, I'm speechless over this game. I'm depressed. It came down to the wire against the best team in the NBA right now. What are your initial thoughts on this game? I'm not down the dumps about this because I'll be honest with you, Ben. For the first time in probably 15 games over a month, I'm excited to watch the Toronto Raptors. It had playoff feel. There was excitement. My heart was racing. The Raptors were in it. Unfortunate that Pascal Siakam is going to get slandered again for missing another potential game-winning or game-tying shot at the buzzer. But the way it played out was fun, Ben, and I haven't had fun injected into my viewing of the Toronto Raptors in a long time. Yeah, and like Pascal Siakam is going to get a lot of flack for missing that shot, especially with how heartbreaking it was at the end. You know, shooting it up, going in and out around the rim, similar to that layup he had against the Timberwolves, similar to those shots against the Warriors, the Blazers, all these things happened earlier in the season. But he came out, he struggled in his first game post-COVID, but 27 point or post-health and safety protocols, I don't know if he officially had the had the disease, but 27 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. He, he had such a good game. It would have been a perfect turnaround. It would have been a perfect situation. I'm just so deflated right now for us to come back against the best team in the NBA with all of our players, OG back playing ball, Siakam hitting a shot to really silence the doubters, get everyone back on his side, and see everything go go crazy and turn around the season and make a playoff push. Unfortunately, I think this is seven straight L's right now. Nine of ten. We've dropped nine of our last ten. So it's it's just more, more of a hole to dig ourselves out of. I think if we lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers again now this weekend, <laughs> it's over. I think that's when Masai Ujiri... I know there's been rumors Larry's not getting traded. He is getting traded. But I think once the weekend happens... It's if we lose the Cavs and maybe, you know, another poor team, I think Masai Ujiri has no other choice to really throw the season. Fade for Caters, they might be off the wall today because he was horrific in his NCAA performance. But Riker, I'm just dejected right now. What what are your what are your thoughts? We'll see. We'll see what people are saying. Obviously, we'll give time to the comment section for potential trade scenarios. I know people want that. We'll give the benefit of the doubt to mm -hmm. the guys returning from COVID. If they're lethargic, if they're whatever, maybe it takes some time to get their win back. But to say Utah is a good defensive team when they have three guys with the body type of Marcus Saul out there and Niang and Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich. I mean, at some point, you just got to be better. You got to stop making excuses for the Raptors. I'm getting heated right now, but so there's a guy who's about to come in with an even spicier and even hotter take. It's heating up, Ben. You know what time it is. You got to get that hair pulled out. Technical foul. Nick Nurse just got a technical foul. Sean, what's pulling your hair out about this game? Well, guys, uh, listen, it's fitting that we started this with Nick Nurse because Nick Nurse looks like he aged 25 years uh, since you took that graphic. Uh, this guy, this man is in tears right now. So um, if you are listening to this, Nick Nurse, or if you are Nick Nurse's uh, significant other, give the men a hug because this was terrible. And you know what, guys? I, I heard you saying really positive things and, you know, saying how great this was. You know, they came close, etc. 
Guys, this is a microcosm of their season. This is the unluckiest team I've ever seen in my entire life. It started with Giannis at the beginning of the season, you know, in, in the free agency. Then we had to go to Tampa. Then we got COVID. And this, and if you look at Pascal Siakam, he is the unluckiest guy I have ever seen. This is his fourth shot that that's banged around the net and he can't get it and he's just not clutch he is the unluckiest guy and it's just the microcosm of the raptors season and guys that just bridges to my next point about unlucky guys there's a lot of unlucky guys out there um I, i'm from a company called your md we're a digital health startup here in canada and uh, we help a lot of unlucky guys actually we, we help guys uh, with hair loss treatments uh, early to catch it early we connect them with light like some of the best canadian doctors and uh, we help them out. And um, to me, that's really important because there's a lot of guys just like Pascal Siakam, not from a hair perspective, but you know, from uh, going in into the out of the net perspective. And um, you know, I'm just here to uh, to talk about that, guys. I, I'm, I'm I I know you can see my energy is a little bit low. It's because it's it's I, I I've aged 25 years, so I'm out, guys. Sean from yourmd.ca, thank you as always, sir. A plus for that segue. <laughs> and I'm gonna say my segue, F minus for execution down the stretch. Ben, it always seems like there's a lack of play calling. Like there's just some helter skelter offense when you could have OG out there reminiscent of that shot against Boston. You could have drawn up or called from the sideline a similar play. You know, you could have slowed down the pace. You could have not shot a layup with 12 seconds left and instead try to set up a play call to give you a good wide open three but instead it always goes crazy ben in the final seconds of a game f minus for execution what would you have liked to see differently happen see i don't even know if i agree if it's the, definitely for other possessions i think on the final shot the execution was fine i thought the shot we got siakam was playing well he was hitting threes he went four for ten from the three-point line i thought it was it was solid but Leading up to that final possession, because obviously it is tough. Sean brought it up. He's unlucky with those Nicole with foul. all those shots, but uh, he's unlucky foul. with all those shots. Got the seg segways going crazy on the transitions here, but uh, Pascal, I thought he had a, he had a good look, but the possession prior, and I'm gonna bring it out here. The the Damari Carroll Gold Star. I'm bringing it up early, Riker, and I have to manually click on all these transitions right now, but the. <laughs> The Damari Carroll gold star, it's going to Siakam, a possession earlier. We're up by five with a couple seconds left at the, at the end of this one. And he drives down the lane and Rudy Gobert, right? The, the potential defensive player of the year is guarding him. And he had an open three and passes up, drives in and shoots a contested fadeaway over him for absolutely no reason. This, like the decision-making down the stretch has to be better. Right, like leading up into it, obviously we had a couple of really nice threes. There's some defensive breakdowns for the Utah Jazz, and Lowry got an open one. Uh, Norm hit a nice one on the wing, but then you know we just take these horrific shots. We foul on every possession down the stretch, and a part of it is the refs. And I want to call that out here because Nick Nurse he'll probably get another gold star at the end of this one because of apparently he he lashed out at, after the game in the post game interview. It wasn't all the referees, but there was some shady calls down the stretch, but. Park it, park it there, park it there. Park it there. I don't want to let you go and just move on from saying this. I don't agree. I don't agree there's going to be a narrative around the disparity between the free throw attempts for 41 uh, the Jazz to 14. Ben, 
41. How, how many times? How many times did they not foul Rudy Gobert when the doll, when the ball was dumped into him in the low block? Right? How many times did they not slap him or push him or or push him away to box out? Like there was just no getting in front of the man. They were so concerned about playing rotation defense with small ball lineup that they they had him open for the majority of the game. Even guys like I'm going to struggle to remember his name, Mike Conley, when he would blow by. Fred Van Vliet, who's supposed to be our lockdown perimeter defender, the next person up, Pascal Siakam, Ogia, and Anobi, he'd get around them too, and they just pushed him in the back. There was just terrible interior defense. I don't want to say that, you know, there was just some crazy non-calls on one end and just the tendency to blow the whistle at anything on the other. I think the the Jazz just pounded the ball on the inside. The Raptors, they're afraid they're just shooting threes all game. See, I, don't even, I, I disagree at that point. Yes, we shot a few threes. Yes, you know, Siakam shot 10, Powell shot 8, OG shot 5. Like, I see where you're coming from. But there was a lot of shots. Driving the lane, Norm specifically was getting in there. Fred was getting bumped a little bit. And fair enough, right? I'm not, I, I tried to say it. Like, 40 to 1 to 14, it's a tough look. And yes, for all the points you brought up, there should have been a discrepancy in the free throws. But down the stretch, when every shot that goes up is is at the line. I think Donovan Mitchell had about 10 free throws in the last two minutes. That's just atrocious. And again, yes, Fred Van Vliet got blown by a few times, but these touch fouls, the point where, especially down the stretch where the, where I believe it was Norm and Fred doubling him and he split the double, tripped up in his own feet, threw the ball out of bounds. They called that one a foul. That was just a, a brutal watch because the Raps were still only down by one, I believe at that point. So the, the specific calls you can get but into. But don't tell me that wasn't a foul. That one wasn't. Where he tripped him. He lost he the ball, and then Norm Powell got under his legs. No, he fell on his own, bro. I don't know what no, you're talking about. No, he did about. not. He you're a ref the, apologist. He was the ball you're... and in the motion for a layup. He swept out his legs there. <laughs> you're a referee apologist, Riker, right now. I'm not I a referee apologist. I don't apologist. know what this I'm is. Just, I'm just I... tired of making excuses for the Toronto No, Raptors. I agree. They need I agree. to play it's... interior defense. I agree. Well, that's the problem. That's what I was building into, because the biggest issue with this team, and you said you brought up you've alluded to it in those points is we don't have anyone to protect the rim because we have, we, it leads to us having to reach in more often in these sorts of things. And we don't have anyone to defensive rebound. Aaron Baines to his credit, he was doing a solid job at this when he was getting minutes. Obviously he, he leaves things left to be desired on the offensive end in terms of finishing and stuff. But the segment, the deep, <laughs> if, if, the segments, they're they're going crazy. But he, he did a solid job at being a, a force down in the lane, getting rebounds, just being a presence in there, being the insurance pylon. It's a positive thing at this point because he gets in there and can stand with his arms up high. But Riker, when we have, because our best five guys on the court clearly are Fred, Lowry, Norm, OG, Siakam. Those are your top five guys. But when you have that small unit on the court, specifically when you're going up against a team with the likes of a Rudy Gobert and stuff, to not have another option, even Boucher is small for a center. I don't even consider him a traditional center, right? If the fact that we don't have anyone that can just, we can plug down low when the teams are just driving at you every possession is, is a huge hindrance. Yes, if we're playing the Celtics, it works because they don't have many big men themselves. But even though in the playoffs we saw Robert Robert Williams trash us, even though he's been good this year, he certainly wasn't at that level prior to this season. So, Riker, do you think we make we we go after anyone at the deadline? Uh, a player I'm looking at now, it's been talked about a lot. Javale McGee in the chat. I I know we'll ask people after, but do you think it's necessary for us to make a move for a guy like that now, or should we just say, hey, 
we'll keep all of our assets, ride the tank, ride the Cade. Maybe Cade will fall to the 7th or 8th after that horrific uh, performance he had tonight in the draft. But like, ah, this is well, just listen, disheartening. It is disheartening. And shout out to Josh Goodwin, formerly our writer, now writer plus video man. He's got <laughs> a series that just came out interviewing people in the streets. So check out that video all about the topic of trade deadline and a lot of people were just saying whatever well you know he asked would you trade for tristan thompson sure would you trade for javel mcgee sure would you trade for andre drummond maybe not would you trade for christophs Przingis? absolutely right i don't know if well one if the people on the street are that knowledgeable but it seems like everybody is open to a big man because it's so obvious that that is the you know the the big point of failure for this team right now it's it's the lack of interior defense it's the lack of defensive rebounding like you said it's the lack of having the ability to dump it down the paint and finish over legitimate bigs not get blocked um i i don't know ben i i just something needs to happen something needs to happen i don't think i can stomach a tanking season especially when the boston celtics are sub 500 as well and nobody's talking about that so yeah it's it's tough and We'll talk about the players. We'll briefly go over everyone that played tonight just before we get into all the fun chatter about trades and all that sort of stuff. Siakam, as I mentioned, 27 points, 9 assists. I thought he played great tonight. Norman Powell, 17 points. Not his greatest performance of what we've seen of him in the past few days or past couple weeks. He's been averaging, I think, 30-something points per game over his last 10 games. So uh, under his averages as of late... Uh, OG Anobi, I thought, was a beast for us. He fouled out down the stretch, so he wasn't able to get that shot in the clutch. Oh, but, yeah, that's that's what I'm noticing here. I think someone mentioned it in the chat. So, ah. 15 points, 5 rebounds. Clearly, OG would have hit that shot. He would have been in there in yeah. the corner, shooting that 3 to win. Honestly, no, it, three to tie. it looked like the, the play they drew up against the Celtics. So... It's a yeah, except the absolute worst person out there to take the final shot. <laughs> in and out, bro. I thought it was fine. Lowry, he was horrible the whole game until the very end, where he really turned it on, started hitting shots, making great passes. He did make solid passes for the game, but didn't really. What do we say about Kyle Lowry when the team's in a position to win? He's he great. Comes in the clutch. Yeah. He's yeah. that's, but that's his only benefit on this team. It's not to start games. It's not to be in losing games. It's to close out games, right? Yeah, and and to get you momentum swinging plays. That's what Lowry does. He's your ceiling raiser, not your floor raiser. He, he's a beast like that. Fred, I thought, played well for most of this one as well. 17 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds. Boucher, again, 16 points. But after those top six guys, it's been a common theme this year. No one's really found their way to step in, step up and step into the role. Aaron Baines, I thought he was fine, only played seven minutes, did his job against Gobert and stuff, uh, or it was mostly actually against Favors. Uh, Paul Watson, I thought his energy on defense was all right. 1.4 fouls in 15 minutes, so you're going to need a little bit more offensive output if you're getting 15 minutes. And the guy that's dad has been calling for a bigger role for him, and I don't know, Malachi's that Flynn's dad had to have called Nick Nurse and said, get this guy on the floor, because he, he played over Utah, Stanley, McCaw, Thomas, and TD tonight, got 18 minutes, three points, two assists. Riker, before we swing into the segments, how did, uh, how, what were your impressions on Malachi Flynn after really not seeing him for the past couple of months? Ben, I barely noticed him out there. You could have mm-hmm. told me he never played this game, and I would have believed you. I... I, I watched the majority of this game, watched all the second half, a lot of the first. I just, I don't know, maybe his impact just wasn't felt too much to me, Ben. 
Yeah, it was, uh, he hit one three, but he had a couple where it would have just completely changed the momentum of the game, where if he, he knocked a couple down, it would have extended the lead from a, a four-point lead to a, a seven-point lead or something like that. You know, those momentum swingers missed it. Then the other team seemed to always come down when he'd miss and hit a shot. So Malachi, if you're going to be out there, I know your dad said you should run the pick and roll and Nick Nurse doesn't know how to draw up an offense, even though he's been coach of the year and an NBA champion. You know, if you're going to be out there and you're not running the pick and roll, at least hit your threes. At least hit your shots. Do something out there. I thought his energy was pretty strong. Obviously, you and I were extremely hyped for Malachi Flynn coming into the season. I'd like to see more. Maybe if he gets more opportunity, it'll be it'll be exciting. But Riker, let's swing into the segments. I'm manually clicking them now. But the spicy pea lay of the day. We have a, a little special card for the spicy pea lay, so I'll let Riker take it away. Ben, I'm calling it the bland Pele of the day because we can't give Spicy P. Pascal Siakam too much credit when he keeps missing these 27 clutch points, shots. 27 points, 9 assists. That's all I'm saying. Missing clutch shots. Whether it was rim out, I'm giving him the bland P nickname. So to spice it up, it is officially sponsored with Jungle Spice Roja. It is, I, I'm, I'm just saying it. I want Pascal Siakam potentially on the podcast one day. So I'm going to hit a dab of this hot sauce. Check out the promo code in the description if you want to get your hands on some of this local Toronto made Peruvian. Show that source. bottle again in the middle of the screen just because I don't know if middle, I can in even. The middle. There you go. I don't, is it on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dabbing the hot sauce. I can't get the angle or it'll spill onto my lap. But Ben, while I do this, take it away with the, the play of the game. Yeah, the spicy pile, the the game, you know, it's it's got to go to those two threes that really brought us back into it down the stretch. Larry hit some clutch shots, uh, but those those could all be ones, but it came back in my mind just as I was saying that. Fred Van Vliet hit sort of one of those hip shots from half court. It was a pistol Pete Maravich from the hip, True. holstered, shot it up. That one was nice. The, the sauce tastes good? Yeah, no, I'm saying that shot was nice, the, the end the half. Just lobbed it over his shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was quality. See, a lot of guys always take the extra dribble to not mess up their percentages. But, you know, Fred Van Vliet hits those shots. We see why it's valuable. But not all plays can be the spicy pile of the day. And some just make you say, oh, geez. And tonight, the oh, geez play of the day. It could certainly go to the, the play we've been mentioning with uh, down the stretch. Right, Siakam's miss that was completely open and stuff. But I'm giving it to the one I brought up earlier. the Where he had an open three, he's been good. It's not even clutch time yet, so he still can knock him down. Right, he's not cursed in non-clutch time. Right, he can still knock those shots down. Right, but no, he start, He drives in the lane, and then he, he hits that little, little spin fade. Right, and then Gobert just swats it, bullies it. Man. I'm going to flash, I'm flashing the Walmart hat. <laughs> But I'm not going to wear it because we're getting to a point I don't even remember the version of Pascal Siakam that wasn't Walmart, right? He's just been so <laughs> He bad. was good like, tonight, bro. I don't know. To call him Walmart Siakam, he'd have to just really score probably like zero points, more turnovers than anything else. He's just been bad. He's been off. Man, I, I won't take the Siakam slander. He's been good. 27 points, 9 assists. If we get the Siakam night in, night out, I'm confident we'll be a mid-seed in the playoffs and we can upset anyone. But, again, probably get someone else to take your clutch shots. If OG's out, that's fair. I guess, you know, it is what it is. But finally, the infamous, the one, the only, Damari Carroll Gold Star Award. Riker, do you have any of these in mind? 
I'm going to browse the box score. You know, for the first time ever, the starting lineup played like a true NBA starting lineup. Everybody contributed. Everybody played pretty well. There was scoring from all parts. Everybody did their job in rebounding a little bit, although the interior defense was suspect. For all intents and purposes, Ben, this is one of those ones, if you're going into the bench to give a gold star, which you could, and you, you'll, you'd have to, you'll live with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you live with it. Our top six guys have been so good, man. Our top six guys, they've... Obviously, there's some inconsistencies. There's some stuff happening. But I think the top six, the core of this group, is solid. That's why you and I both don't want to see this team tank. There's no sense in giving up our assets when there's this much talent on the roster. But without a big, without a a rim protector, it's... There's only so so much your team can do. I think the Raptors are maxing that out. Question. Yep. If JaVale McGee was on this roster... He was just, just on it. Into, yep. He was just into the roster. Would this have been a win for the Raptors? In my Is opinion, that what you're yes. Suggesting? In my opinion, really? yes. See what he did to the Lakers last year. Obviously, he can't, you know, splash it out from behind. Even though he's hit a couple in his career, but the the rim protection that he provides, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, we wouldn't have to be worrying about. Chris Bush, well, firstly, OG wouldn't foul nearly as much because he can be focused. We have an extra wing on-ball defender who's one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA out there, right? He's not in there guarding Rudy Gobert being wasted playing out of position, right? And then we don't have Donovan Mitchell constantly be able to drive in and having to shoot over no one, right? People having to reach in and giving him free throws and stuff. I think this definitely would have been a win. We'd have someone to finish in the lane on the pick and rolls. Mal- he would have made Malachi Flynn's dad's really happy because he'd have a pick and roll partner. But Riker, the chat has been popping. The chat is is exciting. People are blaming our losses. Joe Webster's saying we lost Chris Finch, and so we lost. You know that's why we're on a losing streak. Maybe Finch was the answer, but you know I'm manually clicking it here. So final two minutes. The final two minutes. Let's let's get it. Siren. Siren. Siren sound. Riker, that was the weakest final alarm I've ever heard from you in my life. But the final alarm has gone off. We want to hear from you guys in the chat. What are your guys' thoughts? What is your opinions? What do you think the Raptors should do? Should we trade? If we lose to the Cavs, if we beat the Cavs this weekend, what, what should happen? Remember when Kyle... <laughs> Actually, that should have been the, the spicy PLA. Remember when Kyle messed up Donovan Mitchell's free throw shot? Shout out Muhammad Khan. <laughs> he was complaining. He missed and all that. Right? And Aaron Baines. Shout out Aaron Baines for throwing the towel up. Right? Whenever the, the buys are shooting free throws on the other side. It's making up for all those fans that we don't have. I guess we have fans now in Tampa. But uh, <laughs> people are reacting to the alarm. We're a little bit behind. Bingus Tingus. He gets a different name every podcast, Riker. Do you what was want... the I forget what the one of the last pod was, but it was so good. Tickle pickle. <laughs> Tickle pickle. <laughs> I think we can soon put to bed the Kristaps Porzingis trade rumors. We're trying to wish it into existence. I don't think it's going to happen. It's going to but... happen, Riker. It's going to happen. We're speaking. We can wish into... harder. <laughs> Everyone in this comment section, if you're not subscribed, subscribe to the channel because we we need more power. We need more energy to. Get Perzingis onto this Toronto Raptors team. Siakam drove to Gobert. Yeah, we need rim protection. Bringing up the stuff we brought up. Trade for a shot creator and a center, Riker. 
Stinky Pinky. <laughs> Stinky Pinky. That was the one. That was the one. <laughs> Shout out Jay. A shock, a shock creator. I mean, there's only, they're a dime a dozen in the NBA. It would be very difficult. You know what the Raptors would need is a true Jordan Clarkson type off the bench, which the Raptors don't have. That's what Norman mm-hmm. Powell used to provide. Now he's been starting line. Now he's so. our only consistent scorer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Facts. Riker, you got called out for being a simp, bro. You're a simp for the ref, refs in this one tonight. <laughs> I still don't know what that means. Uh, I know what it's supposed to represent. I just don't know the actual definition of it. You know, we're, we're uncultured. People want the Porzingis. Stinky Pinky. He keeps getting brought up. Man. Can I make a point though? I don't. I feel like I, I said it at the very beginning. I'm not ready to live it down yet. I'm not ready to move on. It's that Leo Routens gave credit to Utah for being a terrific defensive team. Now maybe they are based on NBA defensive ratings, but again, you have George Nang who's playing 15 minutes. You have Bogdanovich and uh, Ingles in the starting lineup. All three of them are built like Marcus All, overweight. <laughs> flabby no definition that's not to take away from their ability playmaking yeah, yeah. their their offensive ability joe Ingles is an incredibly talented nba player but they aren't athletic <laughs> they aren't defensive stoppers so like that shouldn't be the first thing you think about when it's you're thinking utah jazz defense maybe rudy gobert interior defense but not just beating your man i i was <laughs> flabbergasted yeah well the thing about it is they got rudy gobert on the back side of their defense so the, the guards, even if they're not necessarily the most athletic of players, they're pretty smart. They move on a string pretty well. They can get right up into people knowing Gobert's behind them. So that's what's made their defense really good. And it's been one of the top teams in the league. So that's that's a big thing. Uh, people are hitting the like section for you dis- denying the simp status. So shout, shout that out, Riker. Uh, James Frolic is saying, let's get Wiggins. He had 41 points tonight. It used to be a joke that we would want to bring in Canadian Andrew Wiggins, but since he's gone to Warriors and he's had, he's made it through that slump from distance, him and Kelly Oubre. Andrew Wiggins has been phenomenal now this season. He gets buckets, man, and he plays defense. So obviously he's not the the transcendent superstar that people maybe hoped he would be, but he's shown to be an upper echelon wing player his contract might be a little bit higher than what would warrant his ability but still would be a nice addition uh lamarcus aldridge and the spurs first for kyle lowry lamarcus aldridge and the spurs first for kyle lowry absolutely no way jose no way no way jose Jose calderon no way jose calderon yeah i i'd agree with that but a nice a nice first for lowry i i think we need some picks. We need some young pieces coming back. I don't think that gets it done. But Aldridge, I wouldn't mind having on the team. He's old and a bit washed, so that's a that's tough. Bring back JV. We always want uh, we always want JV. Man, uh, Nicola, I think that's how you pronounce it. Gave us a nice shout out. So shout out to you. Get Edwards and put him at center. Would you play uh, Anthony Edwards at center? <laughs> Trade Minnesota's only good talent on that team <laughs> yo they girl anthony there. towns we've we've made that that uh that take before Kawhi to toronto garbahosa we're getting a lot of people coming up in this chat Riker, when is the final question before we sound it off when is it time to panic when do the raptors say this season we need to make a move especially with the trade deadline coming around next thursday at what point 
another loss. You know, if we extend this win streak right now. Right now, Ben. So you're saying tank right now. Are you on the fade for Cade bandwagon? You said what time to panic. Panic right now. You panicked 10 games ago. You've been sucking for 10 straight games. It's it was well past I'm the saying, time to panic. I'm saying panic as in make trades, change your yes. direction. Make trades, change your direction. That needs to ha- what, what, what? What's the progression after this season? You have Pascal Siakam, OG, Fred locked into long-term contracts. Your team is struggling. You're not even in the play-in tournament. You've lost 9 out of 10 games. You're going to lose Kyle Lowry if you don't trade him because he's not going to stick around for a bottom-barrel team. You're going to have to pay Norm as a free agent, but now you're just going to lock into this same bad team. So it is very much the time to panic and start looking to make moves. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I'm seeing a lot of names. Chevelle, Thaddeus Young, Holmes, shout out JD28, but it's tough. It's a tough situation. I think I'm going to hit the panic button if we lose this weekend. You know, I don't, I won't care who we give up, but again, hop into the like section. We'd really appreciate everyone, uh, getting in there, helping the channel out. We're on that growth. We're on the road to 20k subscribers to get that animation going. Riker and I are going to play a heated game of one-on-one. We've never filmed a game of one-on-one Riker, but they're always, uh, they're always quite exciting. So we'd like to, like to share that with the channel, but we got to hit 20k subscribers before Riker goes back, uh, leaves Newfoundland, goes back to Ontario, but you guys are best to make it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. RaptorsDigest.ca for latest Raptors articles. I'm also going to plug josh's interview stuff from uh that he posted yesterday because that was a really good video hopped on the streets of toronto right interviewed people excited that the cities and stuff are opening up a little bit so get that content out there Riker, do you have any last words 253 watching this is great pop into the like section i see even in a close in a close loss people are at least interested to watch such as myself i will i will finish as it began to say at least this was fun. It's not. It's yep. never a nice feeling to lose a game, but at least it was fun to watch, Ben. So on that 